Welcome to the Eye Test, a fantasy football podcast for those who are tired of hearing boring stats all day. Thank you for tuning in. This is our week seven look ahead, episode eight. My name is Bobby, and I'll be your host. As always, I'm joined with my co-hosts and friends, John and Paul. Hello. Buckle the fuck up because you're about to win or lose your fantasy week. We're going to get right into it. Paul's got some news for us. Paul, what do you got for us today? Uh, he's retiring from fantasy football. <laughs> <laughs> you guys fucking wish. He got no. his first win. He got his first win this week. I did. I'm looking to just keep stacking wins. But just real quick, we'll just run through some things that are happening around the league. Some teams on by to note. You got the Rams, Bill, Vikings, Eagles playing accordingly. Michael Thomas is likely to miss his fourth game in a row. He's probably not going this Thursday night. Robbie Anderson recently signed with the Cardinals or was traded there. DeAndre Swift is looking like he could make a return this week against the Cowboys. Could. We'll see. And then keeping that game going, Dak Prescott looks like he's finally making his return after week one. Uh Uh-oh. Yep. And then to call some fade, it looks like Cam Akers has taken his final snap as a Ram. They are trying to currently trade him. There are personal issues going on in the locker room, something like that. So Yeah. If you have Cam Akers, I... He's not going to be a Ram for much longer. So just keep that monitored to what backfield he might get traded to. Paul, I'm surprised you missed on one of the biggest ones. So that's what I was going to say. Did you did fill me in? What did I miss anything? Yes, you missed on the man himself, who's somehow a hamstring injury has kept him out for almost two months. Keenan Allen looks like he may make a return this week. Oh my God, Keenan Allen! (laughs) Keenan, he's back, baby. He's back. Oh, and also Lamar Jackson was limited in practice today due to his hip. We'll see if he decides. So was Mark Andrews. So was Jamar Chase, actually, hip injury as well. Every Wednesday, someone's questionable. It'll change on Friday. They're not not falling for the questions. Dude, Cam Akers is getting traded? Dude, they said he's not going. John, is that, like, news to you? Yeah, I I haven't been on my phone all day. No, it's it's been going on for, like, a week now. Yeah. He like and didn't what, travel with the Odell team. Beckham Jr. Why is he getting picked up on everyone's free agency? Oh, the Chiefs are strong contenders for Odell Beckham Jr.'s services. He won't be ready until at least mid-November, though. Oh, and the Ravens got on Jackson. Yep. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Jax, baby. Yeah. 39-year-old Deshaun Jackson. I yeah, mean, nothing crazy, but he stretches I mean, the field. That's what they love to say. He <laughs> stretches the field. Let's be honest. At this point in time, that man's just collecting a paycheck. Hold pull his hamstring within a week and then yeah dude he's not even on the roster he's on the practice squad yeah so that's pretty that's a a reason for that that's like a business decision yeah yeah but let's look ahead to our personal matchups before we get into all the segments and everything paul you are looking to win two in a row (laughs) (laughs) yeah i'm feeling really good about it Honestly, Bob, I'm feeling really good. I get Dak back this week against the Lions. I have him in the C.D. Lamb stack. Mm. Waddle, Jalen Waddle looks like he's getting Tua back, which he still had a nice week last week without Tua, but Tua is definitely better for Jalen Waddle. I really feel like my team took the long route here, but I still have a pulse. I'm not dead yet. I just need to take it week by week, stack some wins, and I'm also playing the worst roster in the league right now. So I have that going for me. Chris's team? Yep. I got the uh, Aaron Jones, A.J. Dillon stack. Oh, <laughs> That's who I'm going up against. So, yeah, I'm feeling really good. Really excited to uh, get this week going. Yeah, I'm, I feel you could definitely easily win this week. Never, You never 
say that you're guaranteed to win in fantasy football at all. But if you're going to win a week, it should be this week. Because Chris, Chris's team is god-awful. Shout out. Shout out Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. <laughs> and Russell Wilson. Yeah. He was like, so I was talking to him earlier, and I was like, he was like, dude, why don't you have me on the podcast? He's like, with all my knowledge and everything. I'm like, oh, with your last place knowledge? And he's like, bro, I got fucked this year. I'm like, you didn't get fucked. You picked Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon <laughs> in the first five rounds. Dude. But, John, you're going up against J.T. this week, who I think is going to have a player that's actually going to play in his wide receiver slot this week, so it won't be as easy as Paul had it last week. So how yeah. you Well, the good news is that he has Jalen Hurts and A.J. Brown on by, so I'm going against Matt Ryan and Romeo Dobbs instead. So I got a 15-point projection gap right now, but I've had some bad luck come my way the last three weeks and that's what it was it was not bad managing it was bad luck and it's just i can't lose four in a row because then i'm panic trading yeah so well now i actually might have gotten the we always say you definitely need some luck in fantasy and i may have gotten the luckiest break that there will be this year in fantasy i caught andy's team with Cup and Diggs on a bye this week. Wow. Yeah, dude. I'm feeling that pain in Dynasty right now. I got Cup and Diggs there. And on the other side, with my team, this may be the first time all year that my team is at 100% health. I got Keenan Allen potentially coming back this week. Dalton Schultz coming back with Dak coming back. And as we know, Dalton Schultz was irrelevant with Cooper Rush as the quarterback, and Dak loves Dalton Schultz. So hopefully that's good. But, yeah, things are looking up for me. I'm back to 500, trying to get above 500. And then once you get there, then you start climbing the standings. I'm back, baby. Yeah, congrats. We were. I'm not going to lie. The whole league was rooting for you to get last place or bottom tier. Everyone does. Everyone's trying to take down the king. That's what it is. <laughs> you got to. <laughs> But let's get right into the segments now, guys. As always, we are looking ahead now to week seven. John's having a rough time with his wine right now. but we're uh, gonna... I think the cork dissolved in the wine. <laughs> oh, I hate that. Oh, I was going to start with John, but I'm going to start with Paul now. Paul, who is your hot potato for week seven? Who has either you think is going to have a really good week or someone who had a really good week last week and who's going to keep that keep those positive vibes those 20 point games going into week seven yeah so i just really hope john throws up on live recording right now that would be awesome but that was bad dude that was like eating like fucking dandruff (laughs) oh yeah that's actually a good comparison to it but yeah i have a my hot potato this week at the running back position is a guy that you two doubted last week and came out and had an awesome week and i foresee that continuing this week and that is ken walker the running back for the seahawks he's coming off a very solid game against the cardinals decent defense and faces a chargers defense that completely struggles against the run they're allowing 5.8 yards per carry this year and honestly, I've always hated Brandon Staley. I think he's such a pussy. Like, I just don't like Brandon Staley. I think he's horrible. He's Mr. Analytics. He's Mr. Bullshit. I wouldn't be surprised if Pete Carroll just completely outclasses Brandon Staley this week and the Seahawks get an early lead and just keep rumbling and just keep rumbling with Ken Walker. 
So he saw 20 plus touches last week, as well as forcing 12 missed tackles, 12 missed tackles in one game. So I foresee him having a really great game. I'm predicting over 100 yards and a score. Nice. Oh, right. damn. Okay. I like it. I like it. Yeah, he, me and John definitely were doubting him last week, and he actually put up way more points than I thought he was going to. I thought the hype train was going to die down, and then he would regress back to the mean a little bit. But didn't happen, and he's looking like he could be a solid play for the rest of the year, for sure, especially as we have talked about endlessly. Somehow, the Seattle offense is still pretty good, even without Russell Wilson. But moving on from the running back position into the wide receiver position. John, who is your hot potato from the wide receiver position this week? And by the look on your face, is it Jamar Chase? Is he going to say Jamar Chase again? (laughs) No. So actually, no, that's a good point, though, that you bring up. I was scrolling through the projections. And, like, all of the guys, like, all the top ten guys, I was like, that's pretty obvious. Like, of course they're going to have a good game. Honestly, I could see them all contending for, like, that number one wide receiver spot. There's a lot of good wide receiver matchups this week. So, I'm predicting the wide receivers to have the most points in terms of the, out of the three main groups of point scores. But, um, this is a hot potato, dude. It's Brandon Cooks. He, oh. Yeah, oh. dude. You know why I picked Brandon that's Cooks? Because, like, last week... Like, it was people that we didn't even consider, like Claypool, IU, all these guys. I'm like, it's not that crazy to think Brandon Cooks is going to be that crazy. He's fresh off a bye week, all right? And he's also going the Raiders, which I think that it's just going to be an offensive battle. I don't think either defense is that good. So I think that it's just going to be, like, the over in that, whatever it is. I would bet it if I was a betting man. And also, both teams on the offensive side of the ball have good running backs. So, like, the defenses can't just zone in on one particular type of offensive scheme. So they're always going to be paying attention to Damian Pierce, Josh Jacobs, but then you just can't forget about Devontae Adams, Brandon Cooks, Nico Collins. Obviously the Raiders receivers are far better than the Texans, but that can mean that the Raiders catch an early lead and the Texans have to play catch up ball. So they start throwing it. I'm just, I'm predicting Brandon Cooks to have a couple big plays, hundred yards and a score, maybe two. Yeah. The Raiders defense is definitely hot dog shit. So oh, yeah. uh, that's a pretty good, that's an unexpected one. One of those ones that could probably sneak up on you and win. As long as Davis Mills could deliver him the ball properly. And yeah, he's not exactly. that But so now, Paul, I'm going to make you very happy. I love this. This I'm is a good day. Very happy because usually we just hate on um, this. It has nothing to do with the Ravens, but usually we just hate on Paul and the Ravens. Took a... It was really bad last episode, so I'm giving you a sigh of relief. And my hot potato quarterback this week, he hasn't played in weeks, hasn't played since week one, but he has a glorious matchup against the Swiss Cheese Lions defense, and we are talking Dak fucking Prescott. Yes. Coming off that thumb injury, like I said, gets a cake matchup against the Lions defense who is like top five and giving up points to the quarterback position, I'm pretty sure. Obviously, a supporting cast is still very strong with C.D. Lamb. Michael Gallup's now healthy. Noah Brown's still there. And the running game has been surprisingly really good this year with Cooper Rush filling in. So the only thing that would maybe hold him back from having a really like top five game 
is maybe the running game gets going a little too much. But I think no matter what, that he's going to have a good game back. He's going to want to throw the ball. They're probably going to let him throw the ball a ton because I know he wants to come back and show that he's the better quarterback over Cooper Rush. So I'm looking for Dak Prescott to have a top five quarterback week. And I'm looking for somewhere in the range of 18 to 22 points, couple touchdowns, 250 to 300 yards. And this year, that's good enough for top five being a quarterback. So that's music to my ears, Bobby. That is music to my ears. Yeah, I'm really excited. No, I should say excited, but I'm really interested in seeing how this Cowboys offense looks with Dak coming back as opposed to Cooper Rush because we know that they really ran the ball a lot. I wonder if they're going to change that a little bit or if they're just going to basically cut and paste, cut Cooper Rush out, paste Dak Prescott in. It's going to be the same offensive scheme and everything like that. What do you guys think? I don't know. I my question is is like if Dak sucks, when do the Cooper Rush chance start? You know it's you know it'll come so quick. Dude. So quick. because um, let's see the Cowboys did they beat the Buccaneers at week one? No, the lost. Cowboys have two losses. They yeah, lost. Like Cooper Rush did his job as a backup, dude. He just he lost one game. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think they're just going to utilize Ceedee Lamb like way more and Dalton Schultz. I think Dalton Schultz will see the biggest uptick in volume for sure. I agree. He's definitely probably the guy that will get the most like boost from Dak coming back. Because CeeDee Lamb was pretty good with Cooper Russian. Gallup also could, but he doesn't have as much upside in his position as opposed to Dalton Schultz does. Dalton Schultz could be like a top five tight end if Dak comes back and starts throwing in the ball as much as he used to. So Dalton Schultz is definitely going to be the biggest beneficiary, I would say, of Dak coming back. If not, he's a, if he's not good within the first game or two of Dak coming back, I would cut him immediately. You just got to <laughs> – it's just not going to be his fantasy season then. But as always, with hot potatoes, there's always rotten tomatoes. There's always those tomatoes that are just sitting out in the sun too long – and just start to smell like shit, rot a little bit. And, you know, they're just not going to do well in fantasy that week. So, John, we're going to start with you this time, since you're not choking on your wine. Who <laughs> is the Rotten Tomato quarterback this week? So my Rotten Tomato wide, wide receiver is DeAndre Hopkins. Ooh, wow. Yep. Wow, this- that- this guy hasn't caught a single pass all year. He's not even getting targets from Kyler Murray. It's crazy. So I think he's just going to continue that low momentum, that low energy style he's been playing all year with, and he's just going to continue to put up donuts. Well, John, I'm really happy you said that, and I'm happy you kept it short because that leads perfectly into mine. And I, my Rotten Tomato quarterback of the week is Kyler Murray. So I'm going to ask you guys a question before I go a little more in-depth with this. What if I told you that Kyler Murray hasn't eclipsed 20-plus fantasy points in our redraft league since week two? I'd believe it, dude. That's a lot of quarterbacks that were good last year. I've been doing yeah. that. I have, I have Kyler in, in a league on Yahoo, and I'm not thrilled. But I think it's more – sure, the quarterback position I feel like has been lacking this year, but – what you expect from Kyler Murray, like that's just like 
it, that's just crazy to me with his rushing upside that he's been that bad passing that his rushing hasn't even gotten him over 20 points since week two. It's right. absolutely crazy. Last week, he what saved his fantasy week, he's ran for 100 yards. If he didn't, if he even had half of those points, he would have been in the low teens for fantasy points. He's thrown a pick in each of his last three games, and that includes one of them being a pick six. And as we know in our redraft league, that's minus six points. So that's a huge swing. And although he's going up against the Saints defense, um, oh, right now, right? Yeah. They're Thursday. playing yeah. with, without Marshawn Lattimore. I completely forgot that they're playing right now, but they're not. Yeah, they're tomorrow. What when when oh, he's <laughs> Yeah, when people listen to this, they'll probably be playing. That's right. Okay. That's funny. You could make the argument that them playing in the Superdome with no elements or anything like that. Like, usually the Superdome is pretty, like, offense-friendly. But Kyler Murray and the Arizona offense just have not been passing the eye test this year. They have looked really bad. James Conner. Logged another DMP to start the week. Who knows if he's going to play? Eno Benjamin doesn't impress you. DeAndre Hopkins hasn't played yet this year. Marquise Brown just went down with an injury. The Arizona offense is a mess. Kyler Murray is your Rotten Tomato quarterback of week seven. Question. Do you think that having D-Hop on the field will make defenses not be able to focus on containing Kyler Murray's rushing ability? Could we see more rushing yards out of Kyler Murray now? I think we've seen already a lot as it is, and they've still been very unspectacular. And we also, this was something that I saw the other day. I don't, I'm not going to raffle off the statistics or anything like that, but D-Hop that spectacular last year either and he's also has the suspension which obviously isn't injury related but he has injuries under his belt like he's just let's not forget that this is an aging deandre hopkins this isn't the deandre that was with deshaun watson he's not really the same guy doesn't mean he can't be a productive fantasy player just not the same guy and if you're expecting him to be that like top 10 wide receiver immediately or guaranteed something like that i just really don't see it yeah but Arizona, yeah, total shit show, in my opinion. Yeah, and if you think that this Kyler Murray is bad, wait until the new Call of Duty comes out. That's what people are saying in the Yahoo chat. (laughs) Then you're really fucked. We got, what, three more weeks, four more weeks till the new COD comes out? What is that? I I don't even know exactly when it comes out. Oh, yeah, no, I have no idea. Yeah. No, I don't play COD. I don't play COD. Kyler Murray knows when it comes out. Yeah. Is that the joke? Why is that, like, I don't know the story behind that joke. So, John, do you want to say it or do you want me to say it? You got it. So, remember how they had to put in that clause that Kyler Murray must watch, like, at least four or six hours of film a week in his contract? Yeah. They did that because he was streaming. He's like a video game streamer, too. And he was streaming himself playing Call of Duty so much (laughs) that the Cardinals felt like he was unprepared for the offensive playbook when he came to practice. And, Bob, they said... Like, when you're studying the playbook, it has to be the only thing you're doing. You can't do it simultaneously with watching TV, playing video games, etc. Oh, this dude is a fucking rotten tomato. I don't even want to talk about him anymore. <laughs> and then after that, they this one guy on Twitter put up, like, stats of how Kyler Murray plays when it's double XP weekend in Call of Duty. Oh, my God. And not- it's such a dip, dude. Like, it's such a dip, and then it shoots up after a double XP weekend. <laughs> dude. Kyler's is out here grinding the new assault rifle that came out. 
Oh my god, that's actually hilarious. I didn't. I can't know. wait till I can just prestige as quarterback. <laughs> I'm really glad I know that now. But all right, we're all pretty much on the same page that Arizona is a shit show. Let's move on to another rotten tomato player that hopefully isn't on the Cardinals, so we don't make a full go round of it. Paul, tell me your rotten tomato is not Eno Benjamin this week. So my rotten tomato <laughs> is James Con. No, I'm just. <laughs> No, my Rotten Tomato, I'm actually going to probably get the wrath of the fantasy gods for this one, but why not? It's supposed to be spicy. I think that Christian McCaffrey is going to suck this week. Why? Yeah. That. You are going to fucking eat that. I know. I, I'm <laughs> setting myself up to, to you know. What's your st- – What's so what's, like, the standard here? Because if he puts up, like, 20 points, is that a Rotten Tomato week for you? No, I think he'll have 12 points. Paul, we got this. Is has to be. I think. Should I just I, cut this. Should I just cut this from the? No, okay. Hear me out. Hear me out. Um, but, okay. It's supposed to be spicy, and I understand that I am like literally putting myself against the wall on this one. But if this is right, I'm gonna look like a freaking genius. True. So we'll probably get I a lot on TikTok too. Yeah. So I, I really struggled with this one, and I was like, you know what? I'm gonna do Christian McCaffrey, and here's why. He's going against the Buccaneers, and they just got embarrassed by Pittsburgh. And then is there any other weapon on the Carolina Panthers offense besides Christian McCaffrey? Todd Bowles is very similar to Belichick in the sense that he's a very smart defensive-minded coach, and he tries to take away your best player, and he makes you beat them somewhere else. And so Todd Bowles is going to make P.J. Walker – beat him down the field. He's not going to allow McCaffrey to get open in the flat or in the screens. He would rather take, he would rather let PJ Walker take shots down the field and just say, prove that you can beat me, prove that you can hit this. And rather than give the dink and dunks to McCaffrey where he can get 10, 15, 20 yards with his legs. And especially after coming off an embarrassing loss, I watched Tom Brady yell at everybody on that sideline. Tampa still has a very elite defense. Let's not forget that. And so I wouldn't be surprised if like Todd Bowles all week was just like Devin White, wherever that white guy goes, that's where you're going. And so I truly think that this is now don't get me wrong. I understand that this is not you understand what you're up against, right? I understand what I'm up against, but okay. it would sure. not surprise me if McCaffrey drops a dud in his eyes. Twelve points is a C Mac dud. Exactly. Yeah. 15 points is a C-Mac dud, but, like, that's – it's still respectable, at least. Like, yeah. 12 points, you're talking about a total fucking shit show of a performance from McCaffrey. I think he might have, like, maybe 50 to 60 scrimmage yards with five to six catches. And okay. we never know how these games go, obviously, with the Steelers beating the Bucks last week. But let's not forget – I'm just going to play devil's advocate real quick. The Bucks haven't looked that impressive this year, and obviously – like everyone was projecting that they were going to run over the Steelers last week. And this is also still a divisional matchup as well. So I would never expect it, but if there's a game with how the bucks have looked that they could also still stumble, it could be this game because the bucks really haven't looked that good. And, but like you said, that defense is still good and defense always travels. It's just a question of the offense, so it might be irrelevant. 
Yeah. So we'll see. And again, I totally don't get me wrong. If McCaffrey puts up 25 points, I expect to eat all the shit that everybody can throw at me for this. But if this hits, oh, if this hits. Oh, dude, I had my back up against the wall after last week's Rotten Tomato. I said Jalen Hurts was going to score 15 points. And he scored 15.8. And I got so much shit after people listened to this podcast. Why would you talk down on Jalen Hurts? I was like, I said we're going to win the game. I just, it's not going to be a Jalen Hurts game. Yeah. And it so was. I'll, I'll pass the crown over to you, Paul. You can have this one. You were it right. Makes sense. It makes sense. Nothing's worse than an angry Tom Brady, dude. I think people no. sometimes they'll say, Oh, if you don't think Jalen Hurts is going to have a good game, then it means the Eagles are going to lose. It doesn't really mean that. Just because you think a player's not going to do well doesn't mean that you don't think the team's going to win at the same right, time. Right, right. And I know how you Eagles fans are. You guys yeah, <laughs> say, for that- me to say that, dude. I was like, really? That's like Paul saying Lamar's going to have a bad game. Yeah. No? I Which know. I would never do. But... You're more likely to be correct than I was. Oh, that's a no, shot. That's, that's not that's- true. Lamar's the number two quarterback, so. All right, boys, you ready for King of the Roster? Yes. Paul, take us away. What is King of the Roster? Yeah, so King of the Roster is very similar to if you ever played King of the Hill as a kid. So essentially, we're going to be going through quarterbacks this week. And I'm going to name two quarterbacks, and Bobby's going to predict which one of those two quarterbacks will have the better game. And then after he says that, he's going to name another quarterback, and John is going to see if that new quarterback will dethrone the current quarterback in total points for Justice Week 7. And so on and so forth until we get to who's going to put up the most fantasy points of the quarterback position this week. This is fun. This is one of my most... Yeah, this is a good segment. This is one of, this is one of my favorites. Yeah, I really enjoy this one. So I'll start off with two kind of like weenie boys for you, um, but they're both going up against bad defenses. Okay. So I got Davis Mills for Houston going against the Raiders. Okay. Or Jacoby Brissett going against my sweet Ravens in Baltimore this week. I, this is actually pretty easy for me. I am going Davis Mills. Wow. Branding we expect the Texans to fall behind in this game. I think they're going to be throwing a lot because the Raiders' offense is very good. Their defense is really bad, which should help Davis Mills also. So I think the game script and going up against a shitty defense will help Davis Mills a lot. And let's face it, Jacoby Brissett is just a fill-in. The Cleveland runs the ball as much as any team in the league. I don't see him having that good of a game at all. And he's come back to earth after his, after he had a few good weeks in the beginning of the year. So it's Davis Mills for me, and that's pretty easy. I love hearing that. I love it. All right. All right. I think I – okay, this is going to come with a little injury asterisk. But are you taking Davis Mills this week or your boy Kenny Pickett? Ooh. Against the Dolphins. Sunday night football, too. Ooh, okay. They have been decent games. Sunday night has been like, well, Monday nights have been okay, I think, too. But Sunday nights have definitely been the better game. Sunday night's been the better game. I'm going to go with Kenny Pickett because of his rushing ability. 
So he's been picking up a lot of yards with his legs, and he's actually scored a touchdown on his legs too. So although the Texans-Raiders game is going to be, what I'm predicting, a shootout, an offensive heavy, I think that if Kenny Pickett can just stay healthy, he will have a better game than Davis Mills. He's going against Miami defense. They've given up a good amount of points to quarterbacks this year. And I feel like Kenny Pickett's made for primetime football. So got that what? What's so funny? Kenny Pickett's made for primetime football. He played college at Pittsburgh University. <laughs> dude, he's just a young kid ready to play under the lights, dude. It does seem like he has that dog in him. So I'll, I'll give that to him. <laughs> I didn't know you were going to laugh that hard at that. I wasn't trying to be funny. <laughs> you laugh at that, but you don't laugh when I see say DeAndre Hopkins has been throwing up donuts all year. Okay, I've missed that. That was actually a pretty good job. <laughs> Not that good, though. Bob, we need to support John right now, okay? He needs this. <laughs> His fantasy team is failing. He needs this. <laughs> so, yeah, all right. I, got, I forgot that I'm up. All right, Kenny Pickett. Maybe we shouldn't drink every episode. All right, Kenny Pickett. Or, whoo, all right, Kenny Pickett or Marcus Mariota against the Bengals? Dude, I knew you were going to pick him. I knew you were going to pick him. Uh, <clears throat> pretty big so, jump in terms of sleeper projections. It's that it, that is, five five-person jump right there. Fun, fun fact real quick before you answer, Paul. Marcus Mariota is actually a QB1 this year so far. That is just wild. <laughs> he's wild. just on the border. He's number 12, but he, <laughs> yes. Damn, he put up uh, almost 25 points last week. Yeah, it's that rushing upside. Yeah. And Atlanta's running the ball a lot. It sounds like you're taking Marcus Mariota. Hey, I'm just a spectator. I know, Bob, that, that definitely sways my decision a little bit, but I'm going to go Kenny Pickett. I'm going to go, I'll, I'll say Kenny Pickett. And here's why. I think against the Bengals, I don't think they're I don't think the Bengals are going to do what they did against the Saints against the Falcons because there's something about Arthur Smith where he just coaches good football games. And so I think that he is going to at least contain the Bengals a little bit and the Falcons love running the ball. I think that K or what's this like Huntley, Caleb Huntley, Tyler Algier, and whoever their third back is all got over 10 plus touches some of them got over 15 so they constantly run the ball we've watched games where Mariota has thrown the ball 15 to 20 times a game so for that simple reason alone I think the Steelers are going to be playing a bit behind against Miami especially if two is back it's going to be a high scoring game for them so I think Pickett has a better day off of sheer volume alone okay all right so Pickett's two in a row Pickett's yeah hell right now all right, this is actually a tough one. Okay. I'll go Kenny Pickett versus Dolphins or Jimmy Garoppolo against the Chiefs. Ooh, uh, I'm going Jimmy G solely because of, well, I have him on my team, so obviously I do well. And to be honest, the Chiefs always score points. They always seem to put up high 20s, low 30s points. This game's going to be, you know, I'm not going to call it a shootout because both defenses are pretty good, but I expect a decent amount of points to be scored in this game. 
Jimmy G got some bad luck last week with a few dropped balls where he could have had an even bigger game. So I think Jimmy G could push for like 20, 20-ish points this week, and I think that'll be enough to eclipse Kenny Pickett. And let's just be honest, the 49ers supporting cast blows Kenny Pickett's out of the water. Yeah, I agree. I think Jimmy G will do better than Kenny Pickett. Yep. All right. Okay, this one will be tough, I think. All right. Are you taking Jimmy G, our current king of the hill, against the Chiefs, or Geno Smith against the Los Angeles Chargers, John? Fuck. Come on, John. I'm going with Jimmy G here. Is that not who you wanted me to pick, Paul? Of course. No, I have Geno Smith. Well, I mean, now I have Dak Prescott, so I don't give a shit. <laughs> no, I, I'm going with Jimmy G just because – well, I'm going to talk more about this later, but – I have an interesting stat about the Kansas City defense and another quarterback slash wide receiver duo that happened earlier this year. So I will just I'll just keep that till later. But I think Jimmy G is going to have a good amount of passing touchdowns this week. And I don't know. I feel like Geno Smith may be starting to rely on Kenny Walker a little bit more. So I'm going to go with Jimmy G here. Cool. I like that. Though maybe the Seahawks aren't going to be throwing the ball as much with a guy like Kenny Walker now running the show there. He seems to already, eye test-wise, be better than Rashad Penny. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think that's a really good point. All right, so is Jimmy G... Why the fuck is Russell Wilson projected 11? Like, have we not learned yet? Dude, don't even talk. I don't even want to and talk Aaron about Aaron Rodgers, a top 10 quarterback? Give me a break. I don't even want to talk about them. All right. Is Jimmy G going to do better than Tua this week against the Steelers? That's a good one. That is a very good one. But um, I don't decide that one. <laughs> that is a very good one. And I guess I will talk myself through this and then make a decision. So the only thing that scares me about Tua is he is coming off of that injury. And – mentally, we don't know how that's going to affect him. Because it's got to be scary, dude. I thought he was, like, done football forever. And I'm pretty sure my my brother told me that a doctor at the hospital said, dude, like, if you want to watch your kids grow up and play catch with them, you should probably quit football. Yo, what? Yeah, that's it. It was that bad what happened to him. But my fantasy team, Paul. I know, I know. And... But Tua is a gamer. If he's many things as a quarterback in the NFL, but I will say the dude is a gamer. He like loves being out there. So he's getting Pittsburgh Swiss cheese defense without Minka Fitzpatrick, without TJ Watt. So I could probably throw to Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle and still put up good. That's what I'm saying, dude. I think I could too. The yak, bro. Yeah, so I'll go Tua. I'll dethrone Jimmy G. He had a good run though. He really he did. did. He did. He did. All right, so with that being said, let's go Tua against Pittsburgh in primetime Sunday night or Tom Brady in Carolina. That's easy. I think this is – I don't know. Is it as easy as you think, though? I I don't know what you're thinking, John. Really? Damn, I really want to say this is a Tom Brady revenge game. I really do. And I want to say that Tom Brady's going to come out and have one of those Tom Brady games where everyone thinks he's just going to he's going to lay down and not be who he is. But 
I'm not going to say that. Oh, dude. <laughs> I'm going to go Tua. Tua, I don't know the stats or anything like that, obviously. This is an eye test video. I test podcast. <laughs> Tua has been very good when he has been in the lineup this year. Tom Brady has not been passing the eye test this year. And even though it's the Carolina defense, even though Carolina sucks, they'll probably be giving Tom the ball a lot. I'm not saying I don't think Tom Brady's going to have a good game. So I'm not saying that. I just think Tua's going to be better. His matchup's better. Not a divisional matchup. He'll probably be a little extra motivated in prime time. I just, I haven't seen it yet with Tom Brady where I think he's going to put up those. You know, two could be a top five quarterback this week, and I just don't think Tom Brady's going to do that. All right. Well, if he's going to be a top five quarterback, then let's start. Let's start naming some of the projected top five quarterbacks Ooh. here. Bob, I love that analysis too, by the way. Thank you, Paul. I try my best. I I do my prep a little bit for this thing. I like doing this. Yeah. This is fun. We All right. have fun doing this. Tua Tagovailoa is our king of the hill currently. So now to a guy that I named our king. Our king the king, keep saying king of the hill. King of the roster versus my hot potato quarterback. John, are you taking... Dak Prescott against the Detroit defense this week or Tua Tagovailoa against the Pittsburgh defense this week? Oh, man. You know what you want to say, John. You feel it, in your, you feel it deep in your plums, don't you, bud? Make Paul happy, bro. I'm going to go with Dak Prescott. Ooh. Not confident, though, are you? No, I am confident because, again, you guys keep naming quarterbacks. I may have to talk about some of this stuff a little bit later. But I do think that there is a special someone on the Cowboys that is going to blow up. And he's only going to blow up if Dak Prescott does well. So, yeah, the Cowboys are going to roll on the Lions. And that's that. Dak Prescott's going to perform better than Tua. I see Tua getting in, like, the 20s, like low 20s, possibly high teens. And uh, I see Dak just getting more into like the 22, 24 range. Don't underestimate. Uh, which would be a top five finish probably. So, yeah, I think Dak Prescott will do better than at least one of those quarterbacks projected in the top five there. Yeah. I Dak Prescott, current king of the roster. True. Dak Prescott is coming, but don't underestimate that motivation that he, he heard the chirping. If you Dude, don't I've, been talking, I've been talking Dak up all injury. I've been texting him, calling him like, hey, man, don't listen to that. You're who you are. Don't listen to that rah-rah. Now, Paul, is, is Dak Prescott going to do better than Joe Burrow against the Falcons? Ooh, I like this one. This is a really tough one. All right, so even though my personal bias wants me to choose Dak Prescott, I'm going to go with Joe Burrow here. And the simple reason is this, is that Joe Burrow has Jamar Chase, what we're assuming will be a healthy T. Higgins, a healthy Joe Mixon, who is just a super talent. I know he hasn't produced what he's supposed to produce this year. And I got to give it to Arthur Smith. He's coached a really bad team to three and three, should be four and two with that horrible penalty against the Bucks. But I think that Joe Burrow's talent, along 
with the talent of his outside receivers in Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, even Tyler Boyd. I'll throw his dumbass name out there. But I think that Joe Burrow unfortunately dethrones my sweet prince, Dak Prescott, this week. Tyler Boyd scored more points than T. Higgins last week. I don't want to talk about it. T. Higgins was at 85%, though. What does that even mean? That's so close to 100. I'm sure every NFL player was at 85% last week. Probably not, John. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) All right, we're getting close. We're getting very close. 85%. That sounds like pretty good. (laughs) It's a B average, John. (laughs) That's not – yeah, no. We don't have to get into it, but no. (laughs) Not a petition. (laughs) Uh. <laughs> okay, changing the name from the eye test. <laughs> yeah, stats only. He is at eighty-seven percent health this week. <laughs> he has a seven in ten chance in succeeding. <laughs> All right, Paul, after me. All right, so we're getting close to the top here. We're into the top three quarterbacks projected at this point. So might as well just roll with it. All right, Joe Burrow or Justin Herbert. Versus Seattle. I am going, and this is another one that's easy for me. I'm a little biased. I'll be fully transparent with what I'm going with this. I'm going Joe Burrow because you already highlighted everything against Atlanta, Paul, so I'm not going to really go too much in that. I think it's a great matchup and everything. He has a lot of weapons. They seem to be hitting their stride now and everything like that. So. The Bengals look really good right now. At least their offense does. And even though Justin Herbert on paper has a good matchup, Justin Herbert is low-key kind of a boomer bust fantasy cornerback. Agreed. He, no, I agree with I, you. I drafted him pretty high last year. And don't get me wrong, his highs are very high, where he'll put up like 30 points or high 20s. But – the consistency, no matter how great everyone thinks he is, the consistency still isn't there, whether you want to point to Brandon Staley, injuries, or whatever. Joe Burrow is just more consistent, in my opinion. I'm taking the consistency here over the boomer bust in Justin Herbert. Bobby, I know we're not a stat podcast, and I completely agree with you. But just off the top of your head, do you know how many yards per attempt Justin Herbert had last week through the air. How many air yards per attempt he had last week? I know it was really bad because I was going up against him. I'm just going to guess for the fun of it. I'm going to say five and a half. He had four. Four wow. <laughs> four air yards per attempt. Oh, Dude, that, that's horrible. That's they, coaching, bro. That's coaching. And, that's And they need Keenan Allen back. Like, seriously. Then, yeah. Seriously. But, yeah. I think it's definitely more coaching because it's not like without Keenan Allen, your offense shouldn't just completely go dead with one player missing, as good as Keenan Allen is when he's healthy. But, yeah, Joe Burrow, consistency over everything. So, Joe Burrow is our current king of the hill. I am going to – oh, no, I'll be close to ending it, but not going to end it yet because I think this is a good one. This is a very good one, actually. John, are you going Joe Burrow against Atlanta this week? Or Patrick Mahomes against San Francisco? I'm going to go with Patrick Mahomes here. And clearly Joe Burrow, he does have better weapons. But when Mahomes is going against good defenses, although, wait, didn't he play the Bills last week? How did he do against the Bills? 
He was pretty good. Mahomes had 22.6 points because remember I would have oh, right. won, so, won your club. So the Niners have a, another really good defense just like the Bills do. And I think Patty Mahomes brings his A game against the good defenses. And also I can see Burrow, if he if they are getting a lead, I can see them just giving it to Mixon. So I think like Mahomes is really going to have to – it's going to have to be Mahomes beating the Niners – Versus yeah. Burrow having to beat the Falcons. Like, it's just the Bengals are just going to beat the Falcons. But Holmes is going to be in charge of beating the Niners. So I see Mahomes having a 400-yard game this week. Oh, my God. Wow. That is, yeah. some, that is some projection right there. But Have we had a 400-yard game from a quarterback this year? Yeah, Josh Allen. Oh, of course. And didn't Tua have three-something? Oh, my God. Yeah, against Tua. the Ravens. Against Thank the Ravens. Tua had a ridiculous game. Oh, my God. Tua had 469 yards against the Ravens. <laughs> Another? Yeah, I, was, I was so wasted at that game. It was so sad. <laughs> so, we're going Patty Mahomes. Patty Mahomes is the king of the roster right yeah, this now. Is perfect timing because it ends on Paul here. Paul, yeah. does Pat Mahomes get dethroned by Lamar Jackson. This is basically, Paul, are you going to stick with reality or are you going to be biased here? So what I'm going to do is I'm actually going to, I'm going to pencil in C on the uh, Scantron and I'm going to pass it to Bobby to finish this because I don't think it's fair that I get to pick. I don't want to have to decide. This is tough. Because you know what I'm going to say. It's going to be Lamar Jackson. No more comments. No more questions, please. Thank you. I would say Lamar Jackson. I'm going to go Lamar Jackson, and I'm going to (laughs) tooth jump out to me, obviously. The rushing upside and the matchup is just better. It's the Browns. Joe Flacco had a deep fantasy day against the Browns. Their defense isn't bad, but the Ravens are home. The rushing upside and everything like that. I think Lamar gets back on track this week and he eclipses Patrick Mahomes, our current king of the roster, and that will make Lamar Jackson our king of the roster. Yes. Love it. Love it. All right, guys, we got our king of the roster, Lamar Jackson, for this upcoming week. Now, as we always look ahead, we always got to do some stardom and sit him. So I'll start us off. This one is going to be, I think it'll be a little tough. Normally, I think you would lean one player, but given how his team has played this year, it's been really tough for him. So one player that's coming off a really shitty performance and one player that's coming off his breakout performance. At one of your wide receiver slots, do you start Cortland Sutton against the Jets or Juju Smith-Schuster against the 49ers? Oh, dude, this one's tough. Yep, I know. <laughs> All right, I, John, I think I know who I'm going to go with. Yeah, me too. You want to say at the same time? Yes. One, two, three, Cortland Sutton. Cortland Sutton. Okay. You're going to let – you're going to just hate on Sauce Gardner like that? Disrespect. <laughs> no, I'm uh, – I didn't it, really think about that. It has <laughs> – trust me, Bob, I have seen Sauce Gardner, and then who's your other guy? PJ Reed. Yeah, so they're both absolute units, don't get me wrong. But I just think that Juju is just so inconsistent that we should not get hopped up on this one game where Cortland Sutton has just put up consistent numbers and he had a bad week this week. And 
I will be honest though, if I was the owner of this team and like I saw how the how the points went like last week, like I would probably I if I was the owner, I would probably start Juju here. But the Niners defense is just so nice. And like Patrick Mahomes is gonna like I said, I'm predicting him to be throwing the ball a lot and like winning the game. But I just don't know if Juju's gonna be on the other side of those passes. Like I see Kelsey I see Clyde Edwards Elaire. And I don't see Juju doing it. That's exactly what I was thinking. Like at least the Broncos are game planning to get Sutton the ball. Yeah. Andy Reid. Are they though? I think he's clearly the best receiver on that team. Can we agree with that? And so that's where my mind goes because Andy Reid could look at Juju Smith Schuster and look at the Niners defense and be like, Yeah, you're not the focal point of our game plan this week. Like you are. Like, so Juju has the potential to drop an absolute dud, where Cortland Sutton, I think, will – this was a bad week for him. It was a very odd week. He's put up decent numbers all year. He's I wouldn't be – Yep, going up against arguably the, the – like, he has oh, – the matchup is rough. I just – I think if you're taking Sutton in this instance, I'm going to say – I think Juju's floor this week is higher, but Sutton's upside is obviously always going to be higher because he's one of the focal points of the offense. So I guess it depends on the situation you're in. Are you looking for upside or you're looking for floor? You know what I mean? I think that Juju Smith-Schuster's floor is like literally zero. It's Yeah, Juju's floor is lower than Sutton's floor. Dude, no way. It is. It's just Juju's ceiling is higher than Sutton's ceiling. It's literally not. But Dude, it is. If, no, I mean, so then like, this makes this a really good one because we all think differently. So if you, Juju, I love if you, this. If you take <laughs> out if you take out last week, Sutton's floor is eleven, and Juju's is probably around that too. Plus, he gets eight targets a no, game. No, dude. Juju's floor Juju's is like Juju's floor. Yeah. Do we have the same definition of floor? Juju's floor is like six. We'll call it like yeah, six. Exactly, yeah, and he scored a touchdown no, last week. No. Let's remember. You're no, no fucking way. And I'm not even taking Juju's. All right. All right. All right like, me, now if you got, we want, we can say Juju's floor is nine, but I don't think that's fair considering that he has points of six and four, and he has 10, a nine. So he's hanging around single digits for his floor. Yeah. Cortland Sutton's floor is like 10. Yeah. Cortland Sutton has a higher floor, and Juju this year has a higher ceiling. Juju. So, up those targets. I though. agree with half of what you said. Are we going off of upside? Or are we going off of floor? And I think if it comes down to a stardom sit them, you got to at least think about. Bob, well, did you guys beat the Dolphins? You guys beat the Dolphins, right? Who are the Jets? Yeah. Yeah. And didn't Tyreek still go? Okay. Nuts? Okay. You're definitely right about the floor. I didn't realize that. I know. I was looking at my phone. Yeah. <laughs> I should have just, just told you that. I think I'm a, I think I was a little biased because I have Juju on one of my teams. So <laughs> a bias got, strikes I, again. That's I, fair. Let that, I let that overtake me. But yeah, I think the matchup's just so tough this week, man. It's just so tough. But yeah, I guess I would no. Actually, I'm not even going to weigh in. I've already exposed my bias, so there's no <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll go next. Can I? Dude, my teeth are red. You don't have to ask, John. Just go. You look good, dude. Thank you. All right, guys. This is for your tight end spot. We haven't done this yet. Ooh. Johnny, 
John, you hate tight ends. <laughs> I do, but I was looking at this and I was like, ooh, you know what? This is an interesting one because someone's coming back from injury. And you've already brought it up, so I have a feeling where Bob's going to go with this. But do you start, because matchups come into play too, do you start Robert Tunyon against the Redskins after a big game last week? Or do you uh, Oh, uh, cancel commanders. Cancel. No, we're canceled again. <laughs> oh, fuck. No, we're canceled again. Right, Robert, fuck. I'm sorry. Um, Robert, <laughs> Robert Tunyon against the commandos or Dalton Schultz against the Swiss cheese lions with Dak Prescott under center. Paul, I'm going to let you go first. Cause John took this from my team. Yeah. So I'm going to go Dalton Schultz. So would I. I agree with you guys. If he's fully healthy, I have no issue going with Robert Tunyon for another week if Dalton Schultz is not fully healthy. But like we've already touched on earlier in the episode, Dak Prescott loves Dalton Schultz. Dalton Schultz is very productive from the tight end position when Dak Prescott is at quarterback. So I'm taking the consistency there versus maybe Robert Tunyon has more upside with maybe Randall Cobb getting her and the Packers offense being all discombobulated and being more of a check down offense at this point. But I'm definitely taking Dalton Schultz if he's fully healthy this week. What if he's at 85% health? I'm going Tunyon. I'm not chancing I'm not chan I'm not chancing him going out in the first quarter. I'm just okay. No, I agree with Bob there, one hundred percent. All right, so this one I got two rookies for you. Two for a good old for a good old wide receiver two spot. Granted, buys are in play here, which is why this person is determining between these two guys. Sure, but I got George Pickens at Miami or Romeo Dubs at Washington. Oh, oh man, man. that is tough. And I will after you guys answer, I will tell you which one when I checked it a couple hours ago who he had starting. I oh, wow, this is tough. This is like, who do you want? Would you rather have eight or seven points? I don't. I would disagree with that. I think I won't even weigh in. I'll weigh in after you guys answer. I I'm gonna go with George Pickens. I'm gonna go with George Pickens. It seems like Kenny Pickett is so of like the one and a half games two and a half games however many he's played i guess he's technically played two games because he's played one full game and two half games yeah he's throwing to deontay johnson but dj is not catching the ball and george pickens is and it, what did he have he had 14 points and then 16 points i believe in the last excluding last week and so that's why i'm just gonna go with pickens there i just seems like Kenny Pickett favors George Pickens, and uh, Pickens is catching the ball. So I'll go with that one. Don't trust the Packers' offense, dude. They do well for a half, and then they forget how to play football in the second. So the Steelers may be behind in most of that game, so I'm thinking that I'm expecting a lot of passes. This could be an Aaron Jones game, guys. I So Dobbs I do, may not get the ball that much. I do agree with you, John, that I do think the Packers – especially Aaron Jones, will have a rebound week, especially given the matchup against the commander's defense, which is unimpressive, to say the least. 
But I'm going to play devil's advocate, and I think I'm going to go Romeo Dobbs just because the Packers have lost two in a row. They're going up against a defense. Like I said, not that good of a defense. The commanders are terrible. Although Taylor Heineke is coming in. But I think this is going to be somewhat of a get-right game for the Packers. I think the Packers will be able to move the ball more on offense than they were against the Jets. As we're seeing, the Jets' defense is coming to age, so to speak. So I think what you're betting on here, if you were to put these one of these guys in your lineup, is basically asking yourself which one's going to get a touchdown. I think Romeo Dubs or Dobbs, whatever, is more likely to get a touchdown than George Pickens is. So I'm taking Dobbs against the Commanders in what will be somewhat of a get-right game for the Packers. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He is currently starting Romeo Dubs. Dobbs. He's currently starting the Green Bay rookie receiver. Ooh, and I believe I'm going against him this week, aren't I? Ooh, you're going against Joppa. Yeah. Yeah, keep that line up just the way you have it. Yep. Uh, well, guys, we're getting close to the end. We're getting close to the end, but we can never forget about we hit the nail on the head with some of these guys last week. The locks of the week. The guy. Yeah, can we go two weeks in a row? I think we can. I feel good about mine. I'm sure you guys feel good about yours, too. So locks of the week. The guys you just think are going to be at least at the bare minimum top five at their position so in some cases they may just have the best week at the position like i predicted of jamar chase last mm-hmm. week what did he do he was wide receiver one so i'll start off and it's the same team as jamar chase different position locks of the week at the quarterback position is gonna be joe burrow i think you can pencil joe burrow in for 20 plus points this week against the falcons Like, we know the Falcons have been chippy and everything like that. They've played well. They've been competitive. But I think the Bengals are starting to kind of hit their stride on offense. T. Higgins is supposed to be fully healthy this week. Jamar Chase is who he is. Joe Mixon hopefully could get going a little bit in the passing game and the running game as well. Hayden Hurst is there. Tyler Boyd, if you want to mention him. And I think this is going to be a Joe Burrow week. I think he's going to put up at least 20-plus points. He has multiple touchdowns in four out of his six games. Jamar's coming off that breakout game, so I'm looking for that to continue this week. Joe Burrow, your quarterback, locks of the week. What do you guys think? I like it. I agree. I can see it. I don't know if I agree, but I can see him. He's definitely going to be – top three so it's a good start yeah no i totally agree with you especially with josh allen getting a bye this week i think that helps burrow's case immensely tell me you guys got a Bengals wide receiver or running back as one of your locks i do not i do not either go ahead john i have debo samuel oh spicy okay all right have a 20 plus point game he's going to be the focal point of the Niners offense and I think George Kittle is too but I'm really thinking Debo Samuel the Niners are going to have to one they're going to have to utilize Jeff Wilson more to really uh 
keep the Chiefs' defense honest. If they do that, Debo Samuel is set to have a great game. I'll tell you this right now. The Kansas City defense, they allowed Mike Evans to score 30 PPR points against them two or three weeks ago. And the Kansas City defense has given up the fourth most points to the wide receiver position. So I think you put those two things together. Jimmy G is not Tom Brady. However, they are performing the same, you could say, in terms of eye test-wise, maybe. Jimmy G may be a little bit better. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. So so I got Devo Samuel having a monster game. I'm thinking he's going to put up... I'm going to lock him in for 28 points this week. Wow. Yeah. Just a little wow. bit less than Mike Evans. Wow. Okay. All right. I like that. Oh, man. I missed having Debo on my team, but had to sacrifice him for bigger and better things. Yeah. And Kamara has played extremely well for you. Right now, you're currently winning that trade. Yes. I oh, have. my God. Yeah. Especially considering that I'm moving up in the standings of Misano is there's no place to go because he's already at the bottom. Yeah. And I'm honestly, out of the basement, it, baby. It looked like you lost that trade once it yeah. happened. I was like, ooh, but it's a, it's fantasy is somewhat of a marathon. Well, I did it out of, I didn't do it because I, at the time I made that trade, I felt like Debo was the better player, but I needed a running back. I was, cause that was before Devin Singletary started to play as well as he has. Same thing with ETN. Like I was thinking ETN was like borderline droppable at that point. So I needed someone and no one won Keenan Allen, obviously. Godwin wasn't healthy yet. I had no trade chips besides for Debo, essentially. So I had to make the move, and it's looking good for me now. But moving on, Paul, who is that sweet, sweet lox bagel with cream cheese, maybe a little bit of red onion, maybe some capers if you're into that kind of thing? I'm not personally, but... I am. Who is that locks running back of week seven? So that locks running back of week seven is none other than Christian McCaffrey. <laughs> no, I'm just okay. I just want to I want to see <laughs> dude. I'm covering I'm covering all my bases here, dude. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not even He's gonna score you. somewhere between twelve and thirty points this week. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just I wanted to see your guys' reaction right there. So who I'm going with right now from my RB1, top five. I'm predicting him to be at least a top five running back this week, at least. And that's Leonard Fournette for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He is going against a Panthers defense who their pass defense. I mean, J.C. Horn has held it down this year. I think he's the number one graded PFF cornerback, if you give a shit about that. But he's still playing extremely well. The pass defense has been pretty good. So I would expect Tom Brady to look for Leonard Fournette, not only in the rushing game, but also the passing game. And I think Leonard Fournette, he is he's electric at both. He can run the ball for you. He can catch passes out of the backfield. I expect the Buccaneers to come out hooting and hollering. They're pissed off that they lost to the Steelers. They know that Tom Brady's pissed off, and that means the entire city of Tampa is pissed off. So. I expect Leonard Fournette to have a huge game here. I wouldn't be surprised if Tampa goes up by two or three scores by halftime and they just cruise with Leonard Fournette in the second half. Rashad White, although we have seen him have some talent, he has had some special moments, but don't get it twisted. Leonard Fournette is the number one option in this backfield, so I expect him to have a huge game. I wouldn't be surprised if he has at least 20-plus opportunities, maybe five or six, seven, eight through the air. And uh, at least one score, at least. Yeah, I think Lenny's going to have a 
big game this week, dude. I think he could be the number one running back. I like that one, Paul, a lot. Tom Brady's definitely pissed off, and we saw all saw the video and everything like that. So this would be like one of those games that if the Bucks don't come out and make a statement, then it could be like what's gonna what's gonna happen with them there you know what i mean you'll start out really asking questions if they don't come out i think they'll win the game obviously because the panthers suck but if they don't come out and win convincingly people are going to start like asking questions if they should yeah no i agree and lenny's last three games he's gone 18.4 36 and 22 wow so he's been on fire low-key under the radar too i feel like seriously what a guy you could get in the late second early third at the draft this year yeah yeah, very big. But that actually segues perfectly into our rapid rounds because I have a rapid rounds for you guys that has to do with the Bucks. And I think now that Godwin has established himself back into the lineup, shown that he could stay healthy for two games in a row, I think this is a question worth asking, especially because he's a target hog. Are you taking Mike Evans or Chris Godwin for the rest of the season? Mike Evans. Chris Godwin. I see Mike Evans as Tom Brady's first look every time, and Evans seems to be more of a red zone target than Godwin. So I'll take touchdowns over yards and catches every day. Okay, I like that. That is true, John. And honestly, I jumped the gun because I just wanted to play devil's advocate to you in that regard. I do love Mike Evans this year, but I think Chris Godwin has a more big playability. And so if we're looking throughout the entire season, I wouldn't be like Chris Godwin is capable of putting up 40 point games because we've seen oh, it from him. Evans is, but Evans needs two or three touchdowns for that to happen where Evans. Godwin could burn you on one big play. Okay. Okay. Evans is also more prone to duds as That's well. true. That is true. And I did notice that in our little dynasty trade there, John, which is why I wanted to include Travis Kelsey in that. But, yeah, I think Godwin's your bigger home run hitter. So if Godwin gets two or three games where he can put up those massive amount of points, he will finish overall higher than Evans. But Evans is definitely your safer play week to week. All right. I got one for you guys. This has to do with a little bit of current events going on. Does Robbie Anderson become a bench stash now that he's on the Cardinals? No. no. Absolutely. And I'm going to – I come from a – I know a lot about Robbie Anderson because obviously he used to be on the Jets, so I watched him a lot. He's had his moments in fantasy and in just actual games and stuff. He's had his moments. I've talked about this a lot so far in this podcast – I'm not a fan of boomer bust players. I never will be either. He's just the guy you look for, kind of like Rashad Bateman, to get you that one reception for like maybe 60 yards and a touchdown, and that'll make your fantasy day. But like I said, the way the Cardinals offense has been going, I don't foresee much upside with this offense, at least from what I've seen to date. So if I was to consider him a real option. I would have to see more from their offense, but I'm going to say no because I know who Robbie Anderson is. Yeah, and I'm going to agree with you, Bob. I'm going to say no as well. And the reason being, I'm going to bring in Allen Robinson in this example. Like we have seen Robbie Anderson play football and has seen his talent for the past three to four years, and we know where he is. So if you want to pray to God that you hit that 5% week where he catches two 
60 yard bombs, then by all means, please do that. But the way I look at uh, Robbie Anderson is he is a, I don't even want to call him a Walmart version of Gabe Davis. He is like a, he is like a goodwill bottom of the barrel dumpster diving <laughs> version of Gabe Davis. Yeah, he's the Salvation's Army of Gabe Davis. <laughs> oh, dude, he's definitely the goodwill version of Gabe Davis. I will say, though, this is the best team that Robbie Anderson has been on in his career. That's the reason I asked the question is because, like, you know, is he at least worth that bench dash? But it seems like it's yeah, a pretty but... unanimous no. I'm not picking him up. If you're in, like, rosters like our re- main redraft league, I'd say he's definitely not bench dash. But if you're in deeper leagues – Sure, why not? You might as well just add him. You know, at least he's going to play. So if you're in deeper leagues, yeah. But if you're in like standard roster leagues, definitely not. I wouldn't even spend that much of your waiver wire money on him. He's just not worth it. Like I said, we know what he is. All right. Yeah. And you guys talked about this is the best team he's been on. The Cardinals are still kind of ass. Like this is definitely the best quarterback he's played for. Right, right, right. That's what I meant. Yeah, But, Paul, you got a rapid round for us before we wrap this up? I do. And just so off the top of your head, I don't even want you guys to think about this one. I just want I want top of your head answers. Who is the most valuable keeper this year if the season ended today in terms of late draft value? So I'm talking guys you drafted sixth round or later. This is – well, this is a question that I have to think about. But <laughs> Yeah, actually, you're right. That's this is a tough, tough one. That is really tough. And the um, reason, honestly, I think the reason I put this down is because one person came to my mind, like, immediately. Yeah, because uh, you made up the question. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Well, tell me who you were thinking, and then maybe it'll give me some inspiration. So, who I was thinking was oh. a rookie receiver for the Saints, Chris Olave, who I think was when in the 10th round in our league this year. That's a good one. That's a uh, good one. Okay. All right. Um, I'm going to go with Damian Pierce. He's not that. You think he could jump to, I guess, you're projecting in terms of what his ADP will be next year. You think he'll be like a second, third round pick maybe next year? He was drafted pretty high for a rookie running back. Yeah, I do. I think that I can see him at least being in like the fourth round. So say I got Damian Pierce in the, I don't know, 10th, maybe. He wasn't that low of a pick, though. Oh, he wasn't. Damian Pierce went. Did somebody buy the hype on him? Yeah. Somebody did buy the hype on him in our league, drafted him in the first pick of the sixth round. Yeah. So he wasn't that. Yeah. Okay. Then I'll switch it over to Kenny Walker then off waivers. Right. Okay. I like that. And that's where I thought you guys were going. Who's the best waiver wire pickup this year? Well, that. Well, with that said, this is, I don't really have a clear cut answer for this because no, no one really comes to my mind, but there are people that I think will present opportunities. And I'm going to name two players right now, both with the last name Williams to keep your eye on as potential keepers and as potential guys that could make your fantasy starting lineup potentially down the line. That is Jameson Williams of the lions and Kyren Williams of the Rams running back position. So with Cam Akers, seemingly on his way out of Los Angeles. And let's be honest, Daryl Henderson has never proven that he could handle a full workload without getting hurt. And there's already been some chatter about this guy, Kyron Williams, coming back and having a big role when he returns. 
So definitely got to keep your eye on for a Rams team that desperately need real running back and a productive running back. And then Jamison Williams obviously pretty much speaks for himself. He was a high draft pick in the first round, got injured. He's not playing until he's still probably a few weeks out, right? Yeah, Bob, I'm actually really glad you brought Jamison Williams up because some news did come out about him today. So I'll let you finish your thought. I'll let you finish your thought and then I'll. Yeah, so pretty much I know there's a lot of mouths to feed in the Detroit offense, but they didn't draft him in the first round to not make him a focal point of their offense. So look for him to have maybe not a huge impact once he comes back. But like I said, as a keeper, potentially, if he shows you the potential towards the end of this season, then definitely someone worth considering as well as a potential keeper. Yeah, and so... I drafted Jamison Williams in the 15th round this year. And Dan Campbell actually came out today and said, we really feel like he's coming along and he's coming along fast. So Jamison Williams, he did like tear his ACL or do something crazy in January, but they do expect him to be playing football by mid-November. So it's a huge stash. If you can grab him on waivers, you got an extra spot on your IR. There's absolutely no reason why you shouldn't go after Jamison Williams. And he, like Bob said, first round talent. He was the what? First or second receiver taken off of the board this year. He was a third. Behind London and Drake London and Garrett Wilson. Okay. So, yeah, world-class talent. Bama has produced receivers of the likes of Jalen Waddle, Jerry Judy, Amari Cooper. Who are the other fucking stuff that have come out of there? Julio Jones. Julio Jones, yeah. So, Jamison Williams, grab him. Yeah. No, I think yeah, Jamison Williams definitely make an impact this year. And definitely as a keeper, if he stays healthy and whatnot. But what else, boys? You got anything else before we wrap it up here? I'm. Yeah, I do. I just noticed something. We have a listener of our podcast from brussels i saw that i saw that dude that's awesome we're cross country dude what yep. is that in belgium yeah. oh germany no belgium yeah oh, brussels belgium. is in belgium the country yeah we also have a couple listeners in wichita kansas brussels wow is, brussels is in belgium though <laughs> phoenix yeah. arizona and someone on the border of oregon and washington thank you from the bottom of our hearts for listening to us that yeah. means the absolute world to us and we're just getting started that's the biggest thing i want to say we're just getting started and we have no intention of slowing down so but this was good guys again thank you all for listening as always you guys know already because you're listening we are on tiktok the eye test pod one where we post excerpts from the podcast episode and we post more content that maybe that you don't see here and we are also on instagram as well just the eye test pod follow us on both of those and you'll see more content from us and that's really it thank you for listening Wait, bob youtube coming soon where we will post full segments okay i like that also we got youtube coming soon as paul just informed me but again thank you for listening to our week seven look ahead Are we going to be back on Monday or are we not doing a week seven recap? 
So we're going to do a shorter week seven recap. We're going to try and make our Monday recordings just a little bit more, I don't want to say interesting, but more flexible in how we and how we go about our episodes. So it's going to be a game time decision. We'll definitely post something letting you all know if we're going to be recording on Monday or not. But our plan here, can I explain our plan for our listeners? Yes, yes, please, John. So our idea here is to do some type of like a DFS fantasy draft. So Basically, me, Paul, and Bobby will have a pool of players that we'll have to pick from, and we'll do a fantasy draft, and it won't be like all studs. It'll be a mixture of studs, middle tier, lower tier, that we're going to have to fit into a starting roster of six or seven, and we'll see how they perform, and then we'll talk about it the maybe at the next Monday episode. We'll recap that, and then maybe we'll do another draft, or who knows? Maybe we'll figure out something to do, but... but- more things are coming, not just what you hear on this podcast. Plenty of stuff coming. So please tune into that. We're, all of us are very excited for it. And again, thank you for listening. Look us up on all those platforms I named previously. And we'll be back on Monday for more content. Thank Thanks, you, guys. boys. Thank and make sure you guys don't root for injuries so you can pick someone up on the waiver wires yeah don't ever do that because that is just i don't know i feel like we don't say that enough but you should not be doing that no (laughs) terrible but thank you again for listening see you next time bye see you guys thank you peace